Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Benchtown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy and Paul. And today we're going to be covering episode six, series finale, season finale, at least, of the Disney Plus original series, Loki. This episode is entitled For All Time always and this is going to be an instant reaction i think me and paul definitely just watched the episode so it's fresh in our minds jimmy watched it a little bit earlier want this to be a little bit shorter we just want to spew everything that's on our minds out at you guys right now because i don't know about you two my jaw is still on the floor a lot of stuff got answered a lot more questions remain regardless it set up the rest of the mcu going forward I cannot be happier, to be honest, man. We had a million theories and pieces of this theory, pieces of that theory had some merit. Some came true. We'll get into that in a second. But my gosh, Jonathan Majors as, as Kang. I love him. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that was a big question right out the gate because I'm like 15, 20 minutes off of watching this episode and I'm still like fucking shaking my leg. Like I was so glued to the screen. So, it's Kang confirmed. You well, just said it. he never says his name is Kang. But he did say, I've been called many things, and one of them was a conqueror. Yeah. So, all well, right. this is what we know, obviously. We know Jonathan Majors is cast as Kang in Quantumania. So, we're going to go off the fact that it's probably going to be a variant of Kang. So, the, the Kang that we met is actually the good guy, Kang. And that answered one of our questions that I was having last episode. I was saying, how is this going to happen if this is Kang? They're not going to throw down because Kang has to survive. Well, geez, they gave a perfect answer to that question. There's variants of Kang, and how the hell did we not think of that? There's variants of Kang, and some of them are evil. This one was not, to our knowledge at least, but Kang the Conqueror is coming. But this Kang is the Timekeeper Kang, and my gosh, we're going to see, I'm guessing, an evil variant in Quantumania. He was unbelievable on the screen. I couldn't get enough of him. His personality, his whimsicalness, like, he was so good. And I am so excited to see more of him now. Murky, mercurial, I guess you could say. Even um, my roommate loves Lovecraft Country on HBO Max, and mm -hmm. apparently the, he's the lead in that. Guess parlayed that into this role, but he absolutely killed it. All of the above. Yes, I'm so excited for him to be a feature role going forward. Um, and in this episode specifically, my eyes were glued to everything he was doing. They're really going off with this Kang thing in a way where he will probably be a huge phase villain, whether it's phase four, phase five and on, or just phase four, he's a Thanos level villain. I mean, Kang is a Thanos level villain in the comics and the way that they're making him come off as just the one we've seen and knowing that there's going to be evil ones coming, he's going to be a big dog. I can't wait, man. I just the different variants in general. We saw how different the variants can be. But now at this level, the guy who discovered it all, Kang himself, like, I cannot wait to see how this affects the MCU. Paul, were you getting Rick and Morty vibes with uh, Kang the Conqueror? Just this omnipotent dude that can portal jump to different dimensions and like interact with himself, even yeah. diplomatically, it seems. 
Yeah, I was exactly what I was getting. Um, you know, he was the first one to discover the different timelines. He's the one that kind of first came in contact with himself in other timelines. And, you know, they're not all the same. Some have different motives. And exactly that, that's what I was thinking. Like the Citadel of Ricks, like it's the Citadel of Kangs or something like that, where like some of them just come together and are like, you know, the, they know each other and they know of the situation but they're not exactly as evil as some of the other ones. That's so true. Like I'm not caught up in season five, but I'm caught up in everything else. And the Citadel of Ricks is just blowing my mind a little bit here, guys. <laughs> I thought this in particular reveal, or at least Kang's background was very relevant to the decoy episode that just came up too. Mm-hmm. Were you getting those vibes specifically there? There were a lot of parallels between Kang's stories and Rick, but um what did we think about the other stuff that was going on in this episode and the Loki and Sylvie interactions that were happening? Because I was kind of getting the feeling that Sylvie was sandbagging Loki. I get that this was her glorious purpose, but Loki was trying to do the right smart thing and she just sandbagged it. Let me ask you guys straight up here. Did you think, was that a like a stab in the back, the kiss turning into the, I'm going to go kill Kang anyway. Like, was she kissing him to get him turned so that she can get to Kang? Or was she, you know, I mean, I still think she cares about him, obviously. But I took it as like, all right, Sylvie, you straight sandbagged our boy. I think she does love him to some extent. But she doesn't love him as much as she wanted to kill whoever was in charge of why her life was like that. She acted more like a Loki than our Loki did. Yeah. This episode. And my God, they did such a good job of making Loki see his past motives and why they were wrong and why he acted like he did. So now he's literally in front of he, he who remains and is saying, You can have a throne. You can literally have all the power. And he's like, No. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, I guess he, he, I guess he wanted yes. And now I think about it. But character development to get him to that point where like he needs to have this conversation with sylvie it's insane yeah you can tell that his yes that you were saying is more so let's do this to be good to do the right thing than to be powerful you know so yeah they're going to take the throne in his perfect world but not because they want to have that illusion of power he just thinks that's what they need to do to protect the timeline yeah, I was I was kind of upset that those were the two options the OG Kang presented to Loki. It's either kill me and everything goes to shit or you take over for me. I feel like there had to have been some sort of in between, but I guess that was kind of the whole hero's journey that he put those two on when he was saying, I paved the way for you this whole time. And also, why those two? He did say, like, I've, I've been through all these different scenarios and for some reason that just keeps up ending up as you too. He, but he didn't know what was going to happen. Right. That makes me think that he sent a lot of people like an infinite number of variants across all the timelines on this kind of hero's journey. And they're the only ones that were able to run through the gauntlet. Maybe they're okay. the only ones that were together to do it. Maybe that's why they were able to. Gotcha. I like and that that's, a lot. That's just speculation, but I like to think that that would be kind of a cool thing. No, yeah, like the first one to find him is the one or something like that. Yeah, kind of like you have to be worthy. So if you find me or if you get to me, you're worthy working together. And 
you know, we still never really found out what the next event was when they touched at on Lamentus's moon. And obviously they kiss and nothing big happened. And, and we talked about in episode five when they were together, nothing big happened. So not sure what that was yet. And I'm sure we'll get more of that later in season two, but that has to have something to do with Kang's reasoning for why they should be the two that stay together to take over the TVA. Yeah, I was a little confused there. I took that as they were about to kiss, but no matter what, they were about to die. But when Kang said he paved the way, does that make you think he's the one that just set off Mobius's alarm to say, hey, go get him? I or- have my thumb up here, but you can't really see because this green screen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, now that you're saying that, I do think that the next event could have been that they were going to die. And well, they were going to die. So Kang, like you said, caused the radar to go off for the next event so they could be saved. So that could be it. I mean, that's hey, that's fair to say right now. Yeah, I buy that. That's that's fair game. Yeah, And it's weird to think about like the reasonings of all the nexus events and why kang labeled them as nexus events but i mean you could go in, into that in forever so never mind yeah there are so many little intricacies of this episode and obviously we'll get into it more when we do our full-on recap but we talked about how kang's name was never actually said and i paused i don't know if you guys had a chance to because you're doing a straight up quick reaction and you just watched the episode but i paused on the script that kang was reading when he was saying, I know what's going to happen next. I know exactly what's happening next all the way up to a certain point. And it says Loki's variant number, like what it would show up in the TVA when he talks. And then it just says me. It doesn't say like Kang or his name. It just says me, like whenever he talks. So it still doesn't tell us, but we have to assume it's Kang. But yeah, it was just funny that it said me. Yeah, (laughs) he won't give us any hints. It's so frustrating. Yeah, but the, the scene where he finally hits the point where... We know how he explained how old he is and how tired he is. The point where he finally hits it, where he doesn't know what's coming next. The acting was so good at that point where he's like, oh, wow, this is crazy. What's going to happen next? I was freaking out. I was like, I I started hitting Emily and I was like, he's, he looks surprised. Like I thought he knew everything. Why does he look surprised? And she was saying, you know, there's not enough dialogue right now. There's like not anything going on. And I was still glued to the screen. I thought everything about this was just mesmerizing. I can't even comprehend what was going through his brain at that moment. Just being all knowing for all of the entirety of time. And then just having a moment where there was nothing. You're like, whoa, what's going to happen next? And he did kind of get excited, like watching the fight. He was like, this is great. I don't know how it's going to end. Leading all the way up to the point where he gets stabbed, he's just sitting there and she's like, aren't you going to like flinch or are you going to try to fight back? And he's just like, do what you got to do. And then she stabs him and he's like, I'll see you soon. I mean, how awesome was that? <laughs> oh my God. I had goosebumps. He was like smiling too. He was like, oh man, you are so in for it. You're going to see how right I was. I have been blown away by a, a person's acting whether it's character acting or however you want to say it in a long time, at least even in the last three Marvel Marvel shows, I mean, but I, I maybe because we're used to the characters that were already on the screen, he's a new one, but it, he's being eccentric and just like intellectual and, and goofy. Everything about him is just like, he's a character and, and the acting is phenomenal. His explanation and like every sentence he says 
is so efficient, if that makes sense. He's like explains things using the least words possible and just his cadence and the way he speaks and just his entire body language. I mean, when the Lokis are fighting and he's like jumping in his seat, he's like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like just the first time he's seen something where he doesn't know what's going to happen. He's freaking out. I thought it was incredible. And the fact that we're going to get him, God knows how many versions of him. I'm ecstatic. So I'm wondering if those like base character traits, just how quirky and all over the place he was in this episode is going to change from variant to variant. Like we're going to experience some Kangs that are by the book, like tough nose conqueror oh, yeah. types and everything in between. I'm kind of excited for that. And where there are bad Kangs, I keep thinking there also has to be good Kangs that are going to help the Avengers and stuff going forward. I just think this character has infinite possibilities and it's really fun. Yeah, the casting process must have been crazy for Kevin Foggy, the MCU, just to get the right person. And I really think already that they did. But it has to be someone you can trust to do different versions, like you said, different variants. One's definitely going to be Kang the Conqueror, and he's straight up a Conqueror. Then you're going to have another one who's like more of a uh, straight up intellectual. You know, there's going to be Rama Tut probably. You know, it's 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 going to be crazy and he's got his work cut out for him, but Jonathan Majors already is impressing me. I mean, he's not going to make another appearance allegedly until Ant-Man. So they must've been holding their breath to see what the reception to this appearance was going to be. And I think they knocked it out of the park. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in multiverse of madness, just because now we know that he he's going to show up in Loki and we didn't know he was going to show up in Loki. Right. So he could be another like, Thanos level and mid end or mid credit scenes show up really quick. Um, I mean, we might as well hit a couple things here. Like I was saying earlier, it was funny. We we had a million theories. Brian, pat yourself on the back. You had Kang from I think episode what three or something. You hit the the Renslayer theory pretty early on. Once we got closer, I thought it was banging us on the head that it was Kang, but I because of Quicksilver. We couldn't do it. And I really did go for the Loki variant there. I just didn't think they were going to pull the trigger. And they did. But a couple things that we did guess early on is we said that the multiversal war was probably going to end up happening at the end of this episode or the end of this season. Um, We never really got an answer about what Sylvie's plan did when she started showing all those uh, pruners, the the time bombs, you know, going all over the place. Uh, We didn't really get that. But we know that the end of this episode hit the multiversal war is coming again. I had the theory last episode that maybe Kang was imprisoned because he caused the first multiversal war. Well, that was wrong, but a little bit right because he did cause the first multiversal war. All of his variants were the big issue. Now, the other thing we said earlier on is the Spider-Man trailer. Where is it? Well, we were all saying that probably Loki is going to be holding us back. And now that Loki's done, we might be getting it because If you don't think this has anything to do with Spider-Man now, you're crazy. We're going to have variant Peter Parkers. Even the the questions about why is Electro being cast Jamie Foxx, but a different Electro? Well, it's a variant. Why is Dr. Octopus alive? Well, it's a variant. You know, it could be anybody and the same actors. It's it's causing some craziness. And they're saying Multiverse of Madness is going to be like a horror movie almost, as close as you can get for Marvel. This has me so pumped. And Loki... Of all the three, we said it earlier, I had no expectations for this to be the one that has to do with the MCU the most total phase-wise. I, 
I was speechless. I just had to take like a minute of silence to just process everything that I watched. And and you you can literally see the branches and then they grow branches. And we were like, oh, my God, the branches are branches. Like we were freaking out. And I am so excited. I feel like a kid how this is going to affect everything like you're saying multiple peter parkers if that does happen like we talked about that like back in like the very beginning like seeing all three somehow and if it comes true oh my god that would be insane yeah i have to applaud disney just because they have done such a good job getting me reinvested into this franchise after we lost you know our head guys in cap and iron man after endgame and just through these three series, I'm fully invested into phase four and going forward. So I'm, I'm just so excited. If it taught us anything, these three series so far, you can't skip them. It's, you know, everyone was wondering when WandaVision was coming, you know, we knew that it was going to have to do with the MCU, but we had that problem with agents of shield where, Hey, it's going to, uh, correlate to the MCU movies, but Hey, we get a quick winter soldier pop up and, one of the seasons, seasons one, episode 10 or something crazy. And that was like all of it, that, you know, and they said randomly like, hey, New York's blown up from Avengers. Like that was it. Now we're getting these three series and you have to watch it. You cannot miss them or you're not going to know what's going on. I was telling my dad because we're going to watch Black Widow soon and Black Widow will be fine because it's back uh, between I think it's right after Civil War, maybe, I believe, in the timeline. But after it's that, right before, right before. OK, but after that, everything's going to have to do with this Loki series and the other two. No, I'm sorry. Right after right before Endgame. Sorry. There you go. That up. OK. All right. Real quickly, I have to ask, what do you guys take of, you know, the last scene that we get? Um, it's Loki talking to Mobius and it's not the Mobius he knows. Did did Sylvie send him way back before Mobius ever met Loki? I took it like she sent him to a different timeline. That could be it too. We know now that there's no timekeeper statues. The statue was of Kang and he's taken over. It is very convenient for Marvel that B-15 and Mobius were having a pleasant conversation to fake us out before Loki shows up. They probably wouldn't normally be talking just the two of them, but Mobius is like, who the hell are you? They're, you know, Loki's freaking out thinking he's talking to his boy. And he, this guy has no idea who Loki is. We see the statue of Kang. This is another timeline where one of the Kangs is, is the leader. Mm-hmm. And season two is probably going to be Loki trying to get back to Sylvie. Yeah. I mean, Tempads could be all screwed up. She probably didn't even know that she did it, but yeah, yeah, the loop was broken. You know, they, he showed the loop and he showed the branches coming off the loop. So, you know, you throw a temp pad somewhere. It's not the same. It used to be, could be somewhere else. And at, by this time it's way too late. Kang and, already got there. And again, now that the, all these branches are happening, you have no idea if the temp pad would work right anyway. It could be a normal functioning temp, temp pad, but because Kang's dead and everything's branching with all these next events, it could have just malfunctioned because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We already said it a million times, guys, but the was this a mid-credit scene? Yeah, well, technically, I guess it's a mid-credit scene. It was during the credits we saw that they stamped the file. Season two is confirmed. Loki will be back for season two. I haven't seen one of those in a while. The old school Captain America will be back. You will see him again. You know, like, gosh, those are so cool back in the day when we were seeing them in the movie theaters. But knowing that we're having a Loki season two, 
awesome to hear the first one out of three being greenlit for a season two. We already pretty much thought the WandaVision would probably be a series, just a one season thing. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, sky's the limit. They could do that again. But Loki, man, we were guessing he may be an Avenger. Hey, that could happen at some point, but he's going to be focused on Loki season two. It actually has been confirmed that he will be a multiverse of madness as well. So this is going to be a star-studded event here, man. Multiverse of madness. I can't wait, guys. It's going to be like another Civil War where it was like an Avengers movie that wasn't actually an Avengers movie, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. And Civil War was awesome. It was. It's a good company to be in. But if that's it for us, that is a season one wrap on Loki from Bingetown TV. You better believe we're going to be covering season two. So keep an eye out for that. We are also currently covering Rick and Morty and we have some other good stuff on the way. The Witcher's coming out soon. Wheel of Time right around the corner. Bingetown TV is working on stuff, keeping busy for you guys. As always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BingetownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.